Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We'd also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why does my partner correct almost everything that I say? That's a hard experience. Mm-hmm. I'm like wincing as you say it. Mm-hmm. One, I know I have been in spaces where this feels like it's true. Mm. And I know my partner has been in spaces where this feels like it is true. Mm -hmm. And I bet you anything, if you ask me and Adam at the same time, right? Like, let's say he's, he's gonna, he's having this experience where Jules is correcting almost everything I say. I promise you, if you ask me, at the same moment, are you correcting him? I would go, huh? What? Yeah. Like that I wouldn't have awareness that that was his experience. Very much. I also literally, as you, I hear the question, I first think, oh yeah, Gabe does that. I, that was my first thought. And then my mm-hmm. second thought was, huh, do I do that? Mm-hmm. That's what you just said, Jules, like mm-hmm. I do that too. I probably do that all the damn time. (laughs) And I'm sitting here thinking the the ways that it shows up for us, for James and I, in our relationship, Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't always feel like a correction of like what I'm saying, but Mm -hmm. it might be a correction of what I'm doing Mm -hmm. or experiencing or feeling or like how I perceived that was wrong. Right. Like for me, one of the places it shows up a lot where I feel it from him is whenever I'm cooking, he walks in and it's like, oh, you should. And Mm -hmm. for him, when it's parenting, I walk in and I'm like, oh, you should. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're the exact same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although I will also add, by the way, what, what is he, I actually do load the dishwasher wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And every time he brings up, he's like, oh, didn't someone do a podcast on this? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that was one of our early, that early was, ones. That was our very first episode. <laughs> yeah. It was our very first episode ever. <laughs> and the answer is Vicky does. 
because she doesn't know how to load a dishwasher. And that is why she loads it wrong. <laughs> and his answer is, I have for 15 years. How have you not learned by now? So there's that. Although I'm just going to hold space that the other answer is there is no wrong. I mean, of course. There is just relational. Yes. I'm just, I'm just throwing Gabe yeah. bone here. <laughs> she loads it wrong, Gabe. She loads it wrong. No, I'm kidding. So, so why? Yes, but this is a great question. Why do our parents, cor- our partners correct us? Parents? And our parents. Freudian <laughs> slip, anyone? What? Well, it's funny because one of the answers to this might be because that's how they were raised. Yes, totally. So one thing may be that the relational space had a ton of correction in it. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in relationship with someone close to me, I correct them just like that was done in every moment in my home growing up. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's just, it's, it's almost like what's coming up for me is, is the word attunement, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm attuned relationally Mm -hmm. and I'm showing up for you, what does that attunement look like? Mm. And if attunement in my home growing up was that I was being corrected all the time, Mm -hmm. then I might relate with you now. Mm -hmm. Almost like connection and correction are the same for you. Is that what you mean? It could Mm -hmm. be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I, I grew up with a, I love him so much. My grandfather, um, my paternal grandfather, he was a scientist. And a, mm. and a theologist. Mm. And he- Double trouble right there. Double, double trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, had this way of, you could say something like the sky is blue. And he would say, no, no, no. The sky is blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And, but huh. like to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. And so it was just his way of actually agreeing with you, but he had to do it in his own way mm-hmm. all the time. Uh-huh. Like, so some people do it and what they're doing is agreeing. I see what you're talking about when you say attunement. I wasn't following you at first. Now I totally am. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is it's like, I am agreeing with you. And the way that I agree with you is to say, is to emphasize the point, but to say no on the front end of the point. It could, it could be, <laughs> it could right? Be. It could be. And, and the attunement can also be like, I'm paying so much attention that I really want you to get this right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. care. I really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So let me, you know, yeah. On the care end, you know what's coming up for me? Shared reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we think and feel the same thing, then we have in this moment a shared reality. And what happens when we, I'm thinking about research on belonging. Vicky, what was that face? That, well, I don't want, I, I need to hear hers, but that shared reality and that depth of connection can be hard and scary for some people. And that may be part of the correction is to take space. Oh, that's interesting. But I don't want to. No, both end. Let's let's do both end. This is the both end. So it could be, it could be that that somebody corrects someone else to make more distance in the relationship. It could be someone corrects someone else to um have more of a shared reality experience. So when you look at the research on belonging, 
that is actually more important for our system than just about anything because mm-hmm. we have a sense mm-hmm. of our own um uh a sense of being in our biome mm-hmm. when we feel like we belong and one of the things that the belonging research is pointing out is that coordinated action, coordinated thought, same as behaviors, same as feelings, people experience as increased or deepening belonging. And so it could be that when we correct our partners, it could be we want to be right. And that's a way of booing our self-esteem. It could be we want more distance. It could be we're trying to attune. It could be I'm trying to change your reality so we have more of a shared reality because I want you to match mine. Mm-hmm. All of There's it. a lot of different reasons. Yeah. On that one, Rebecca, um, sometimes when Gabe corrects, we've talked about this. It's because my perception is bringing me pain. Let's say someone cut me off on the on the road and I'm the one driving, which is rare. And so I'm venting of like, why would they cut me off? He will then defend all the reasons why they may have, which then causes our fight. And what he's explained to me is because if I saw it differently, I wouldn't be in pain. Oh, so he's trying to make sure your emotional pain is less. Yes. Helping you think differently than you do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's actually cut. I mean, it's, it's also controlling accidentally, but it is mm-hmm. coming from a, a amen. Please, for lack of a better term. Like I appreciate that he told me that because my answer finally after my own work, which I'm still in, but mm-hmm. my answer is, sweetheart, I can deal with my pain. It is not your job to take away my pain. Let me have my own journey. He doesn't deal well with that, which is sweet. Um but so I wonder if sometimes the correction might be that too of like trying to, but if you saw it my way, you wouldn't be upset. Mm-hmm. This way you would change. My kids struggle with this, right? Like, like two siblings Mm -hmm. who are like, you don't see the world the way I see it. Why don't you see it the way I see it? Right. And, and it's like, I think this is part of the human condition is Mm -hmm. that right. Like how belonging, managing differences, mm-hmm. navigating discord, dealing with grief, like all of these pieces are part of the human condition that we are so alike and so different. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I think managing connection through differences is one of the hardest pieces of relationship. And one, if you can do it successfully, one of the markers of deep integration in the relationship, one of the markers of maturity in a relationship, one of the markers of moving through some stuff together. Indeed. (laughs) Right. So like I'm way better at, you know, 16 years in is that right? I can't do math. It's something um, like that. It's something yeah. like that. I'm way better at tolerating moments of difference now than I was when we were first together. And I might spiral out and make up a whole story about what that meant or yada, yada, yada. But Jules, do you think that's 16 years or do you think that's the work you've done? Both and baby. Work. Both. Both, both okay. and. I'm going to give a big shout out for both and. because. Okay. Yeah, because think about when when we've been through bumpy spaces and then come back out the other side of it. There's a map, there's a there's a big trust that gets built when you've been through the bumps and stick. Right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So less stuff feels threatening and it feels more like we are going to land this plane at some point, even if maybe not tonight. I think, I think being in a longer term relationship just lends itself to a building of trust over time. As long as there is open communication, I think you could be two ships that slowly sail further and further away from each other for 25 years and not be building a lot of trust. But if you've done the friction, if you've done the rumble and you've come through it multiple times, I think there there's a built, bigger trust built in, right? Very much. And I, I think the trust is is that resilience that's built not only in your connection to each other, but also in your ability to trust yourself, that you mm-hmm. can do hard things, mm-hmm. to trust that your partner can do hard things and that you can do them together. Yeah. Just all, all of the things. I don't know that I would be here without the work I'm doing. Yeah, 100%. without the work you're doing, for sure. But also... Without yeah. the time you've spent in it. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I don't think of one is bigger than the other or one is more important than the other. Sometimes one may take more precedent or I might grow more in my personal work and then move that into the relationship or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I think it's not either or, I think it's a both and question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what this question is making me think of? Alice. Let's imagine. Let's imagine that we ladies are on the receiving end of being corrected. Let's How Im- would you let's imagine that has never happened to me before. I would not know what that's like at all. <laughs> let's imagine for a moment we're on the receiving end and we wanted to handle that relationally well. We did not enjoy the experience. How would you respond to your partner? Not the way I have been. <laughs> so I need some work around this. How could I respond better? So for me, the first thing that comes up is when I want to be relational and I'm being corrected. The first thing is to notice my whoosh. Mm-hmm. Right? To, to notice the part of me that goes, <gasps> and then the follow-up part that goes, what's the matter with me? Right? Because when I can notice that mm-hmm. and I can sit with that and I can hold that and I can go, oh, you're fine. He just has a different way of being around this or seeing it. Then I can turn to him and I can actually be relational, which would allow me to respond with something like, oh, tell me more about why you think that. But mm-hmm. I can't get there if I'm feeling defensive. Mm-hmm. I see your hand on your heart there. It that was. feels important. That feels important that there mm-hmm. to have some sort of physical gesture or a word that you use or an image that you bring up for yourself again and again, having some sort of talisman, if you will, Mm -hmm. that brings you back into connection with that, that version of yourself and back into your witnessing brain is so helpful. Yeah. Rebecca, can you say again, what the verbiage in your whoosh, like where you go, like, is it what's wrong with me? My my whoosh goes right to what's the matter with me that I need to fix. Mm -hmm. There's some, there's something wrong with me, Mm -hmm. right? He's not correcting something or whoever is not correcting. They're correcting me because there's something wrong with me. That's my verbiage. It's my old shame story. Right. And it's something that whooshes up inside of me. And then if I recognize it, if I observe it, I can catch it before I react. Well, mm-hmm. I loved hearing yours because it, you guys know that I don't have a whoosh, but I do have the mental thoughts and mine goes to my voice has value too. You need to listen to me. I love it. 
That's uh, your it, whoosh. Your whoosh is possible. Here yeah. for Becca's and then go, oh yeah, I have in the same situation, such a different reaction of like, I mean, I still shrink, but mine is mm-hmm. like this little four-year-old girl banging on the door of like, no, listen to me. Cause my mm-hmm. too. And I rein her in like mm-hmm. your voice does matter. Whatever he's saying, your voice does matter. Yep. So I- listeners notice this. We have two ladies coming into contact with those whooshes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be through your body. It could be through feelings. It could be through words, but get to know yours. And we're going to come into contact and not let that loose on our partner. If what we want is to respond relationally. Another thought I had is if I have my psychological boundary up, well, I, I actually wouldn't take it in unless I thought it was true. Right. So if I did take it in and I didn't think it was true, then that was a failure of my psychological boundary and not a problem with my man. So then I would just reassert my psychological boundary, which for me is a jello wall full of peak sparkles, but I don't know why (laughs) that's just what it is. So anyway, but then I would put my psychological boundary up. So I might not need to say anything because it might not actually hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I might not need to do anything with that. If I'm doing really good work, I probably say this. I bet he's right about something. Wow. I'm I'm impressed. If I'm doing my work really well. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, Vicky. That was every Yeah. <laughs> I'm at a B. I'm gonna take my <laughs> with it, but that is A plus. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I could say I'm bet I'm I, I bet he's right. I wonder what it is. Um, and the other piece, if it was bugging me, if it's happened a lot, I think that's a meta conversation time. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. And just just to say it like this is my experience, right? So there are moments, maybe the verbiage is the same, or maybe there was a really hard moment of correction. And we would just say, we would describe that and then say, the story I'm telling myself is you think I'm wrong about stuff, or the story I'm telling myself is you think I can never get it right, or the story I'm telling myself is you think there's something wrong with me, or the story I'm telling myself is you're never going to listen to me, or whatever your story is, and then sharing whatever your feeling is. So it's a bigger meta conversation and then talking about, can we collaborate together, find some way to um, do this differently so that you can feel heard, but I don't feel corrected. Right. Well, right. And what you're describing is that last step of the meta conversation mm-hmm. is what I call closing the loop. Mm-hmm. So it's making the request and um make the request, how can we reconnect right now? What can we do right now that would make me mm-hmm. feel better? You're saying, could we collaborate and have a, a conversation about this? I like that that's the part that invites um, extra feedback from the partner. Mm-hmm. And I just want to land this on, on a particular note, that when you're doing this, when you're moving into something new, a new mm-hmm. learning, a new edge, it is going to feel awkward go with that. Mm-hmm. That means you're not doing the old thing. Yay. Right. It should feel like you're trying to learn to ride a unicycle. Yes. Yeah. And falling. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know how you ride a unicycle without falling. At least <laughs> learning. If you already know how to ride a unicycle, pick something else you don't know how to do and insert. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's leave it there. Take Bye-bye. Care. Love each other best you can. Yeah.
That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at our bootcamp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you could ask us your question? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.